Well, we might as well go home. I've heard more doctrine and more word in the closet with the men. I've heard more doctrine and more word in these two songs we just sang than most people are going to hear in America or around the world today. So we might as well pack it up and call it a day. What, What do you say? Endure. Let's endure. Let's persevere. How about it? Who's excited to be in this cave this morning? I know I am. Please take your Bible in your hands, raise it up, and repeat after me. Put your Bibles down. (laughs) I've got to come out there and slap some of you guys. Gotcha. All right. I'd like to take a brief moment in opening up Psalm 12 to confirm to you that this will not, to confirm what this will not be. It will not be a hallucination, dream, or story. It will not be tickling or itching to your ears. It will not be me doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. Supposing that gain is godliness. We just heard that this morning in the introduction. Why do men pervert and twist what we have? Gain. We want godliness today. We want that great gain. I'd like to greet you as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and brother of all the elect, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. With that being said, I want to make one more thing that I want to stick in your head while you're thinking, while we're reading through Psalm 12. Men have and are willing to die for these words. If it is not inspired and infallible, pure, perfect, and preserved, how would one be willing to sacrifice their life? That's what we're doing. In essence of believing these words, they are the words of God. We're willing to lay it all down. Do whatever it takes. Men have suffered numerous tortures because they believed this. They believed it was inspired, infallible, pure, perfect, and preserved. If you're going to poke holes in this, and you're going to tell me about a Jesus... And about a salvation that's eternal. But yet you're going to sit here and poke holes in this and tell me any version will do. How, how are you going to lay your life down? Impossible. We can divide this psalm up a couple different ways. Verses 1 and 2, David's explanation as to his cry and complaint to the Lord and his need of deliverance from such wicked men. 3 and 4, God's judgment upon such wicked men. Verse 5, Jehovah himself will deliver the righteous. Verses 6 and 7, God's perfect and preserved word is our comfort in any occasion. Verse 8, David's observation of the abounding wickedness of his time. Or you could just lump verses 1 through 5 with verse 8 and say it's the character of the times. And verse 6 and 7 would be the cure. I would love nothing more than to read 2 Timothy 3, Jude, and 2 Peter 1 right now to you. But I don't have time. All right, Psalm 12, I almost went ahead and just kept on continuing. Follow along as I read. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, And the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, with our tongue will we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? 
for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Surely this last verse, coupled with verses 1 and 2, are just as true today, if not more so, in light of 2 Timothy 3. The godly and faithful cease and fail from among the children of men, and vile men have taken up these open offices. Picture this. David, the mightiest man of valor, surrounded by 37 men of valor, with each with impressive exploits. Now look around. That's what we have in this room. We have great men and women of valor. The Lord has banded us together. This psalm was supposed to have been written by David when he was on the run, again from some enemies, encompassed about uh, you know, with a flood of ungodly men. Guess what? That's no different than us today. We are encompassed about by a flood of ungodly men. Just as David was, but you know what? We're in good company because we have mighty men and women of valor surrounding us. That's a good fight. And we're in amongst good company. Now, I would also say this. Imagine you having to trade yourself, trade positions with Obama Bornergis or Scott Collins or any one of the numerous saints around the world that don't have this band right now. You'd be more appreciative. You'd be more thankful and you would understand the persecution and you would understand the scarcity of what we have. Let's rejoice. Let's exalt him and extol him, as we heard from Brother Nathan in Psalm 145 last week. Okay, David cries out, Help, Lord. We hear and feel his cry and cry out with him, Help, Lord. We are compassed about by a flood of ungodly men, men who have forsaken the old paths and ancient landmarks, but not David. And we stand fast with him and Paul, ready to defend this sacred ground. All the while striving for higher ground, which if we strive for consistently, we will practically save ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Practically save ourselves from ceasing or failing. Right. The cure in defense is simple. Fight the good fight. Strive for higher ground according to the route that has just been so beautifully mapped out for us. Make your calling and election sure as it has also been laid out for us. We have the pure, perfect, preserved words of God. Just look at verses 6 and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. So here you have pure and perfect, seven times. Complete, perfect, purified, perfect. Verse 7, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. They are kept, they are preserved, pure, perfect, preserved. It says so, I believe it, doesn't matter if I don't, it's true. It is our map and compass to steer us through these perilous times so we don't get lost or cease to fail. It is our sword and shield so we can earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, which is us. Look around. We are the few, the poor, the base, the foolish, and weak that God has chosen to confound all those godly and faithful that choose to cease and fail from among the children of men. That excites me. Some practical things to think about. Are there areas in our own lives that we need to shore up? Where we cease to be godly? Where we fail to be faithful? Let us examine ourselves and repent. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. 
Yes. We need to read it. We need to meditate upon it. Yes. Delight in it. Yes. Obey it. Yes. Hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against him. Right. And abide in it. Mm-hmm. For he tells us, if we abide in Jesus and his words abide in us, we shall ask what we will and it shall be done unto yes. us. Amen. We can cry out, help, Lord. And his answer will be verse 5 of Psalm 12. Read with me. For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. Amen. Well, if you're doing all those previous things, then he's going to hear that cry. Just as he heard David and delivered him, he will hear us and he will deliver us in our trials and tribulations that we have here. Right. And his answer, okay. For the oppression, sorry. I wrote down the verse here. And in case you haven't noticed, there are a lot of puffers out there. Who have spoken proud and perverse things concerning our pure, perfect, and preserved Word of God. Here's a rabbit trail. It might sound like a tongue twister. It might be a little confusing. You can talk to me about it later. I'll try to clear it up. How is it that if faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and that same Word that was in the beginning, which became flesh, said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall not pass away. Who was the son of the father that said in verse 7 of Psalm 12 that he would keep and preserve the same word from this generation forever? How is it they can believe in a pure, perfect, preserved salvation that they heard in the word? But they cannot believe in a pure, perfect, preserved words of God. How is that possible? I'm scratching my head. Let them cleave to the itching and irreconcilable words of men that have ceased to be godly and failed to be faithful, while we cleave to the inspired and infallible words of God. We will continue to esteem all his precepts concerning all things to be right and hate every false way. A couple of encouragements before I close. We may stumble and we may fall, but we will not fail. A righteous man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Some examples. Peter. Think Peter. The disciples go before the Lord on the, on the lake. A great storm comes. They pass on before the Lord. The Lord comes walking on the water. They're all scared. The storm, they're scared of the Lord. They're scared of everything. Peter sits there and tells the Lord, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. The Lord says, okay, come. Peter starts walking on the water. He still, he, he gets scared. He starts sinking. We're going to sink sometimes. We'll get scared. We'll start sinking. But Peter cried out, Lord. David cries out, help, Lord. Peter cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and pulled him up. We might sink, but we can cry out and the Lord will pull us up. Are you sinking this morning? Cry out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. Have you denied the Lord somewhere or in some area of your life? Think Peter denying our Lord three times. The Lord is good. He comes to us and confirms us. He forgives and confirms. Confess your love for him three times. Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. You know I was a fool to say those bold, proud things over there. And we do say those things. We fall, but we rise up again. Right. Amen. Peter's just a great example all around. I love Peter. Do you fall asleep while you're praying? Do you slumber? Are you a sluggard? Do you find it hard to pray and supplicate? Peter, James, and John were like the top tier of mighty men of valor. They get up there with the Lord. They're praying with them. What do they do? Fall asleep three times. Arise. Repent. 
Confess. Pray. Arise, he told them. He tells us the same. Think David. David committed adultery. David committed murder. David was proud and numbered Israel. David was a terrible father. David did a lot of things. But David was a man after God's own heart. And the Lord delivered him out of all those things, and he forgave him for all those things. We may fall, but we will not fail. Amen. Amen. We should, we should be able to cry out with these two men, Lord, help, or Lord, save me. Right. I close with Jude, verses 20 through 25. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.